Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, McKenzie at the bottom, Stubbins above her, Schlanger in six, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Queen start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. For short of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together, pick that one. Bloomer in fact, ahead of Manuel and Hirsch Amenya. What a shot, Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come at her. Henry's throwing Linden down. Linden and Henry. Henry and Linden. They hit it. Jody Henry of Australia shading. Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be yes! victory. <laughs> And welcome once again for another week to the Shannon Rollison podcast. I'm the host, Robbie Cox, and joined by the star of the show, uh, the man that uh, answers all your questions, and we're going to get to those questions today, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, mate, how you been? Yeah, very well, Robbie. Yourself? Hello to everyone out there. Um, all right, let's get started. And uh, for anyone who's joined the podcast today, you would have already seen the title. It's Ask Shannon Anything, and we put the questions out there. Uh, and, mate, we've got a fair few questions come through, which is which is exciting and it's good. And as I said, I've always thought this is sort of like a, a seminar-type deal where, you know, I just get to pick your brain and, you know, you're, you know, putting the words out there for everyone to – to take in um, and and now they're actively getting involved and sending these questions through. So I'm gonna get these questions out to you, mate, and then you just you let us know what you've got. So, mate, the next question from, uh, from Paul Bruce is, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about this podcast about, you know, giving uh, advice to your younger self. Um, and, you know, we give coaches advice here on the, on the podcast about being patient. Um, and also, you know, this gets spoken about obviously a lot in conferences, things like that. The question is, does Shannon think he would have been as successful as he was if he wasn't, uh, if it wasn't for impatience or is it the impatience and determination that led to the success? Good question, Paul. <laughs> Uh, no, definitely the, my impatience led to my success. Um, and it's interesting. Like, I, I still would give that advice. Whether you listen to that advice is the other thing, you yeah. know. And um, when you're young, you've got youth on your side, you know, like... Um, I, I think one of the hard things for coaches who've had success, you know, is to have those um, anything's possible eyes. Mm. Um, yeah, because you you're comparing. What you got to try not to do is compare your current swimmer to a previous swimmer that you had, and then be going, "Oh, well, I, I don't think they're going to be any good because they can't do this, this, and this." They may have other attributes that you just don't know of as yet. So, but when you're younger, you're like, oh, the sky's the limit because, well, you've got you've got nothing before you, you know. So, um, and sometimes that's the benefit of coaching a new event um, because you don't you, you don't have that that clouded um, the potential of of, of 
of that cloud. Um, yeah, so having said that, look, I think you've got to have that advice in the back of your head. may not necessarily be in your front of your head, but you've got to try and use it as, as much as you possible. So what I would probably think if I had to, I wouldn't change anything, um, you know, because look at the swimmers that came along. And sometimes actually on the bike, I've thought about Alice and, you know, like if I coached her again, if I coached her with what I know now, I think she would have peaked older. Mm. But the team needed her then because without Alice Mills in 04, there would have, wouldn't have been a gold medal. So that's interesting. And if she had a peak later, so she obviously wouldn't have won the two silvers in 03, in the 53 in the IM. There's no, there's no, it's not, uh, yeah, she may not have won any medals if mm. she had a peak later, you know, because we don't know who's coming along. So you just got to, yeah. So that, that's something on my bike of, so I've gone, oh, and then I've always come back and go, no, nah, I think I did the right thing, you know. So, um, but, yeah, patience, I think you just need patience, you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're not saying be patient and don't be successful. You know, I would say, no, you still want to be successful, um, but um, play the long game as well, yeah. you know have that the long game in mind mm. well just just from you know obviously I, i've never been to your levels and but just obviously getting able to do this podcast i've also had bob bowman greg troy um you know based off just everyone i've spoken to in that lineage with you guys are all really keen learners so it's not as if you know you always knew what you knew and then you stuck to that i i would say if you went back to you know now and then you went back you know as you say giving yourself that advice that's just what you've learned over the years right so yes that yeah. dogged determination helped you get there but your also determination to learn more and progress yourself is what's kept you there yeah absolutely um and that's i think that would be the same in any field mm. yeah yeah no absolutely Otherwise you end up with the what, what happens to statues? Yeah, they get shit on. Yeah. That's, that's what we hear. <laughs> they get shit on. <laughs> uh, mate, back to Justin Rothwell, because a few of these guys have asked a few, mate. Um, favourite kick sets? Uh, favourite kick set would be like two mod, one fast. Um, so, and we would go, uh, we'd start off doing 50s, then we'd go to 100s, then we'd go to 150s. Every now and again, like if I, and we'd probably only do this the once, we might go all the way up to 200s um, and just lots of different variations. But the, the um, aerobic fast ratio was two to one. So, yeah. yeah, yeah nice. Um, the next question is, uh, why is New South Wales better than Queensland? That's from Justin Rothwell. Another Cheeky question, I think, that slid through there. Uh, got better beaches, better weather, um, better premier. In New uh, South Wales? Yeah. 
Better but beaches, it, you reckon? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, you know, the new guy's in at the moment, isn't he? So time will tell, but um, yeah. uh, oh, Gladys, everyone loved Gladys, so she was good. Yeah, um, oh, even Charlie knew Gladys. She knew her as Gladys as soon as she came on the TV. Oh, there's Gladys. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other politician that my three-year-old daughter knows, but she knew Gladys. Yeah. Um, and uh, what what else? Oh, more travelled, you know. This whole part of the country is better than Queensland, if you ask me. So, um, the uh, you know, we head off to Victoria, all of that sort of stuff. Um, football's better in uh, in New South Wales. Well, it is these days, anyway. <laughs> Definitely is these days. Uh, mate, next question back Don't to you swimming. Think the are? Hey? Don't you think the don't you think? The Listen, I'll be are? honest with you. I'm not. A, I'm not a big beachy type of guy, but um, I, I didn't mind uh, beaches up in in Queensland. We quite often would drive up the Sunshine Coast. I didn't mind Sunshine Coast. It's sort of a good vibe. Yeah. Maybe once you go to the Gold Coast, it's a bit too full on for me. Just yeah, yeah. Too many people around and a bit more touristy than anything else. But I, I was a fan of the Sunshine Coast. Or yeah, that's definitely better than the Goldie. Yeah, uh, mate. Two hundred fly sets for teenagers. What's your thoughts on that? Mm, don't do a lot. Um, don't do anything over 50 metres. So, you know, so don't do hundreds of butterfly. Do 50s of butterfly. So, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think, well, I've, I've got a girl who can do 200 fly. Um I haven't given her much yet. Um, I'm going to build that up. She's just finished year 12. Um, but, yeah, so my advice would be don't do too much too soon because those people that have done too much too soon, you know, they just get stuck. And years ago when I, when I in the 90s when I had a fair few uh, 200 fly girls who were 100 and, you know, they'd do the 200, you know, the amount of athletes, Swimmers that get stuck on 220, then they get stuck on 215. You know, Susan O'Neill, our best 200 flyer, I don't think she did a 200 fly until she was like 18 or something. You know, so everyone just knew her as a 100 flyer. So I don't think you need to do too much of it when you're younger Mm. um, because you'll just uh, power them up and, you know, and, and you won't have developed their stroke and speed enough. The last one from Justin, I'll just keep finishing with Justin's, is will the Eels win the Premiership in 2022? Uh, Of what's gone on in the last few weeks? (laughs) No. Yeah, there's lots of talk. I thought we were a chance, but now we're not. There's lots of talk about people leaving, isn't there, and all sorts of stuff's going on. And Mate, if I was a Doggies fan at the moment, I'd be starting to be happy for where we're heading in the next five years. They're... It's the Gus factor, isn't it? It's a perception, isn't it? Like Gus goes there, yeah. all of a sudden he's the head honcho, he's wheeling and dealing, and the perception is, oh, if we go there, he'll 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 point us in the right direction. So, yeah. no, mate, I, I I agree with you. I can't see the Eels doing that much. Um, back to some of Leanne's questions, mate. What's the hardest and easiest thing about being a swimming coach? Mm, 
the hardest thing is uh, probably just, yeah dealing with all the injuries or the you know the untimely injuries um, yeah all those things that are out of your control stuff um, the easiest thing about being a swim coach uh, is doing something you love doing. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, coaching mantra or mantra, however you like to say it, depends if you're fancy or not. Uh, technically, I'm from Campbelltown, so I just should, should say it how I would normally. Mantra. Um, do you have a mantra, made a philosophy as a coach that you sort of you sort of live by? Mm. Well, I do. Um, yeah, I'm quite yeah you know, technique orientated so um less is more would that be right Mm, something like that less is more i like it uh what is on your list of attributes that an athlete needs to have to make it to the top of an olympic podium do you think needs to be a good listener um it's an interesting question, though, because if you go back to a few of our podcasts, you, I think you've even stated, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but not always does the best swimmer or the, the what, I think those were your words, best swimmer win. Like you can, you know, you can win an Olympic gold medal without being the absolute best swimmer in the world. It all comes down to, you know, other um, attributes. So, yeah, what, what are they? So listening? Yep. Yeah, um, flexibility or range. I'd probably talk talk about range more um, because you've got to be able to get into the positions that you need to in the pool um, uh, let's just try and keep it to three the third one would be uh, what's the word I'm looking for commitment mm-hmm and that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. That's a big one. Uh, it's a big one for anything. Um, mate, her last one is, what is your method for planning slash managing your week? Uh, how do you juggle all the balls that you need to um, keep up, whether it's, you know, with, with athletes, you know, organisations, key stake families, although, you know, you tend to coach more, um, you know, older athletes at the moment, so that might be a bit easier. But even yourself, your, your friends, your family, how do you juggle it all? Um, yeah, I suppose, well, I haven't got a club, so that's, so that takes a lot of work out of it. Um, um, but, and all my family is in, is, isn't in Canberra, mm. so that's just generally phone calls and things like that. Which I um, tend to do on a weekend or during the day. I don't like speaking too much at night. You know, like you get home and you just want to relax because you've only got a you know a couple of hours. And the next minute you're in bed, and the next minute you're back on deck again. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so try to just keep family stuff to the night time. Uh, most of the families out you know going to school l's working so i generally have jobs to do get them done otherwise i'm in the shitter so <laughs> um 
So you got to make sure they get done. Yeah, that's um, right. And then a bit of time for yourself, which is my bike time. Um, don't say yes to everything is would be my biggest advice um, because otherwise you just get overcommitted. So you've got to be able to say no to things, um, and I think that's important. Um, people may not like to hear it, but you've you got to... You got to look after yourself and your family first. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's always interesting, isn't it? I remember one of the conferences I went to, and uh, that whole jug analogy. You know, you've got your jug full of water, and there's only so many cups, and you've got to, you know, make sure you're balancing it out. And yeah, yeah it's always been interesting. And and the one that I've learned probably a lot more, you know, just talking to you and doing other stuff is. Um, we, just for my daughter, if I promise something, I need to make sure I do it. Because quite yeah. often you say, oh, you know, I'll be here for this. And then all of a sudden work takes too long and you're stuck there longer or, you know, I'll take you to, do you know what I mean? So I've, I've learnt uh, the hard way to make sure if I'm promising it, I'm doing yeah. it. Otherwise, stop promising stuff because otherwise you're letting your yeah. family down, which is, uh, you know, not always a good thing. Um, mate, back to Alex Clark. His next one was lessons learnt from being too honest with a swimmer. Um, and, I mean, you've been around, so you would have even you would have heard other coaches, but, I mean, I've heard some coaches being very honest with swimmers and even I was like, God damn, that's – have you ever had any yourself where you were a bit over the, maybe over the top and you look back and you're like, oh, I could have maybe pulled that punch a little bit? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, sometimes athletes, um, they need it though. I, I find the best swimmers have always, um, haven't shied away from that. That honesty, that that's part of them being good. Like they, yeah, you, you can't make it to the top if you're going to kid yourself. Um, and swimming is a sport that uh, has no immediate consequence. So by that I mean, if you make a mistake and you're a motorbike rider, you fall off and you damage something, or you take skin off, uh, or if you're a diver, you land flat on your back. But in swimming, if you if you do incorrect technique, it's actually easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not streamlining off the wall or not breathing on, you know what I mean? Everything's just easier if you do it worse. Um, so we're there. We've, we've got to try to um, create that consequence where in the past as that has been easier than it is today. Mm. Um so for us now, the consequence just becomes the race uh, and how they react to that. You need honesty. You know, they need to get, you know what, uh, actually I haven't been doing a very good job. Now, we're not all going to get that, are we, you know? Um, and kids kids leave or the parents go, oh, we're not, we're not going to Johnny anymore, you know, we'll go down the road to Fred and, you know. And then they, those ones just keep skipping, and I think we've talked about that as well. Yeah. So obviously, uh, there there would have been times over the years where I've probably you know could have toned it down, um, no doubt about that. Um, but the intention 
and this is what you know when tani we were talking about the, the intention is never personal it's 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 always a swimming thing you know? yeah um so i think that's what you've got to that's what i've always tried to you're not you're not talking to them from a personal point of view unless they've done something personally to you i suppose but for me it was always just a swimming thing you know hey you know what are you doing yeah this has got to be better don't you want this yada 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 that sort of way about it you know um so um the other thing is and we've talked about this try not to do it when you're tired you know try to be yeah at the end of the meet you know so um try to go you know what let's let's meet on wednesday the, the week-long meet finishes on on the sunday let's let's catch up on wednesday and if they're an older athlete let's catch up for a coffee and we'll have a chat in a public place somewhere you yeah. know that's probably i think the way to go um so yeah what you just said there reminded me of uh, something I heard from Wayne Bennett once, which was uh, they asked him something about making the tough decisions, you know, whether he's moving, you know, Wally Lewis on from the Broncos, which was massive at the time and all that sort of stuff. And he said, uh, I find that if you if, if people know you're making these tough decisions for the right reasons, you usually find your way through it, whether they agree with it or not, if they, you know, if they know it's for the right reasons. Yeah, and they can usually cop it and and move on, and it sort of you know makes sense with what you're saying there. If it's a tough conversation, or maybe you know you, you know you're a little bit more animated than you normally are. If it's for the right reasons, though, they usually you know cop it a, a bit better than just you know being erratic for no reason. As you yeah. said, when you're tired, that's usually when those uh, conversations come out, mate. Which coach do you idolise around the world in any sport? Do you have any? Do you have any coaches that you you follow? No. Um, You're more old school sort of sporting fan, aren't you? Like with your Muhammad Ali's and your Bruce Lee's and those sort of. Yeah. So, like, uh, I saw a couple of good things. Angelo Dundee talking about Muhammad Ali and boxing and boxers of that generation. So, so I'll, I'll definitely listen to. Uh, people, Don, was it? Um, who is the Green Bay Packers coach? He always used to have those good sayings. Is it, I know the only one I know um, is like Vince Lombardi. Yeah, Vince Lombardi. That's it. Yeah. Um, but generally, no. I just, um, as far as coaching goes, I, I just get around. <laughs> I, um, I, I'll just pick up gems wherever i can you know yeah um certainly don't idolize any swimming coaches um yeah i think yeah be be just like a swimmer um idolizing you know an athlete and then having to try and beat them you know like "Mm, you don't really want that do you so um so i probably generally the coaches that have gone before me rather than the coaches that are now around now yeah mate question from robbie uh in austral Uh, i spoke to chris mooney the other day and he he mentioned something that i found quite interesting he said swimming is over prescribed he said there's far too much of us telling the athletes where they need to be when they need to be there what they need to do when they're getting there 
this is how you do this, this is how you do that. Uh, agree, disagree, and and how how would you look at if you you know if coaches out there listening to this looked at that and went okay well, maybe I am over overcooking it. What what advice would you give to those guys? Because he <clears throat> and people can listen to it when it comes out. Uh, it's my next one and off the blocks. But yeah, he talks about how his athletes have you know a couple of days a week where they choose their own activities as long as they're staying active. But he doesn't prescribe it. That's just their afternoon to do what they want. Um, as long as they're staying active, of course, and things like that. What, when um, when they're training in the pool or when they're not? No, training? no, just outside of it. So, like, when he's planning his, his week, you know, right. there might be two afternoons through that week where they're not swimming. It's, it's, it's your own, you know, you go choose. So maybe they go do yoga that day or they go to the gym. They're still going to be active, so he's not saying go sit on your ass, but he's letting them choose you know, as as he says, he he's not over prescribing. He's he's hitting the mark where he needs to, but outside of that, they're they're making their own decisions about where they need to be, which yeah. he finds you know shows who really wants it, and then who's pretending to want it. Yeah. Geez, if they're not at the pool, I don't know what they're doing. That's you know, and that, I've been that way for a long time. So, um, I don't want to know really. You know, I, I couldn't think of anything worse. And it's probably where I, where I started when I was a young coach, and this is where Dave Els really hurt, uh, helped me. Um, and um, you just send yourself bonkers if you're thinking, "Oh, maybe they're out. Who cares if they're out?" You know, like <laughs> yeah, far out. It's you know, you can't. You just can't be all over them like that. And I think there has been times where I think. Uh, maybe that's why I've been better with with um, with the female swimmers because I certainly I am certainly a long way from overprescribed, um, mm. and I've thought maybe I needed to rein in the boys a bit more because they tend to wander off and get themselves into trouble, you know. Whereas the girls have, oh, hang on, we we better stop there. Um, I've thought about that over over the years, but yeah, for me. Um, just for my own sanity, you know, Friday afternoon, I don't know what goes on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm having some time off. You know, I've got the afternoon off. I'm doing whatever. You've given them the afternoon off. I, you know, I'm not thinking they're running around the lake. And if and if they were running around a lake, I'd tell them not to run around the lake. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just relax and be ready for Saturday morning. Yeah. So I probably. Agree with Mooney said it. Is that right? Yeah, I probably do agree with it. But if he's still expecting them to, you know, be out jogging or doing yoga and things like that, I'd still say he's still overprescribing it. You know, so yeah. so I probably would then agree with his comment. Yeah, but he should no. spend a couple of weeks with me. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the next one is: Do you think? Uh, who do you think? Sorry is the most underrated swimmer up and coming uh, or current. Is there anyone that you're watching in the pool, maybe on the Australian team or, or whatever that's coming through that you don't think is getting enough eyes on them that you think, well, in a few more years, there's going to be plenty of eyes on this person? Um, in the Australian team? You can even go to world swimming. Is there anyone that you got your eye on in, in world swimming that you're watching maybe now? World short course that's coming through or at the Olympics caught your eye? 
Olympics. Seems like it's bloody a long time ago now, the Olympics, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Uh, in Australia, I, I don't think so. We've got so many people involved that you'd have to say everyone's got their eye on. You know, having said that, though, probably uh, Molly O'Halloran. Um, O'Callaghan, yeah. O'Callaghan, yeah. I mean, she was very good at the Olympics. Um, so she could have a good breakout at the Commonwealth Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and world-wise, you know, I haven't been on the world stage since 2017 internationally at a meet. So, you know, if you're not there, you're missing stuff. So, no, no, no one comes to mind. Um yeah, the Olympics, apart from that women's 100 breaststroke and the, that men's 400 free, everything was pretty status quo, wasn't it? There wasn't that many surprises. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, yeah, uh, what's Hafnawi, the Tunisian guy? Yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere, wasn't he? Mm, yeah. And Lydia, yeah, Jacoby, the uh, the the American girl. I think she's Alaskan. But, um, yeah. yeah, again, back end, out of nowhere, and everyone's watching – Everyone's watching uh, Schoenmaker and and um, Lily King, thinking that's where your medal's at, and then out of nowhere, here she yeah. comes. I think she's seventeen too. So yeah, and and, and swims like it's nineteen sixty-seven. <laughs> Just a spring chicken. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, mate. Uh, the next one I'm going to throw to you, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Know, you've never really been in the college system. I guess uni's similar, but. Uh, what's the biggest difference you see between coaching age group versus seniors versus, you know, co- I, I guess differentiating between all of them? Um, he, he's got about three or four different sort of scenarios here. I don't think we have that many here in Australia because obviously we don't have that college system. But, mm. um, you know, as a coach, do you see what, what do you see being the, the difference in terms of your coaching style versus, you know, those age groupers coming through? Um, now the ones that you've got there going to uni, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so the age grouping, you you should be, you know, much more teaching, uh, um, repeating, you know, learn it, chunk it, repeat it, you know. So put, put it in chunks um, where they can, you know, so say it's, you've got, you're trying to make a change technically. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would go something like maybe eight fifties. So it's a manageable distance. Um, you're trying to repeat the change you make, and then you might go 200 kick, and then you might run through that two or three times. Whereas an older athlete who's um, more developed in all the areas they don't need to chunk it as much because of of that muscle memory and and the years gone by. So that they, with an older athlete, you could switch it up a, a lot more, um, because they're not in that lear- still development learning um, years. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, and it's the same with your sets. You know, like um, yeah, if you did a descending set. Uh, that would be less development than a set where you wanted X amount at a certain speed and we're just going to stay there because we're just going to develop that system. 
So you're chunking it up a bit more, whereas an older athlete, you can move through the, the systems more because you don't, you're not in that development stage as long as that athlete has been developed well yeah. previously. You'd have to go back and start again. Mm. All right, mate. Now, listen, we're, we're almost wrapping it up here, and I think it's a good time to to let the fans know, mate, that this will be our last episode for, for 2021, which, I mean, is sad because I do enjoy sitting down having a, ch- a chat with you every week, but it's also, uh, you know, we, as I said to the OTB crew as well and everyone's gearing up for, for everything starting to, you know, heat up in swimming world, but also just real life with Christmas and all that sort of stuff. So... Uh, it's a good time. You know, obviously, we'll, we'll want to get to in a second what you've enjoyed most about it. But when we talk about Christmas, what does Christmas look like in uh, in the Rollison household? Uh, there's a Scottish Christmas tree in the front window. What is a Scottish Christmas tree? <laughs> it's white with lights and no 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 greenery on it. Okay. Uh, and then I, um, you know, I, I put... Some I decorated a bit and stuff like that. Elspeth gives me curry about it. So, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, I was actually talk, talking to Matt Trodden last night and Mark Skimming, and uh, we kicked it off. And I had the tree behind us, you know. So, uh, but uh, I think Mark said, oh, "Is that one of those dollar dazzle?" dazzle? <laughs> yeah, it probably should be, but I paid more than a dollar. <laughs> So yeah, so it's um, certainly not the typical green Christmas tree, but mm-hmm. uh, it gives me good memories and stuff. And uh, there's no mess on the floor. <laughs> well, that's what yeah, that's what we're finding in our house. So we've got the we've got the green one that's got the pretend snow on it, which Charlie loves. But oh, bloody, it goes everywhere. And then the cat gets in there. Next minute, the cat's got snow on it, wandering yeah. about the house. <laughs> so I um. Yes, because, I mean, it snowed in uh, 2017 in Edinburgh. We had a white Christmas, um, and that was pretty cool. So that's sort of just it's a little bit of Europe we've brought back. Yeah. Um, the uh, – what else? Yeah, just family stuff, really, you know, nothing too over the top. Uh, if they're in Queensland – it's just with family. If we won't be in Queensland on Christmas Day this year, um, I think. Um, so I'll be just around the house. I'll uh, actually uh, talking about bringing back things from Europe. I'm just looking around. Most of the stuff in the house is from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've got this great esky, a Coca-Cola esky that I've found on one of my hunts. Actually, I didn't talk about that. Like, I'm into, um, you know, talking about relaxing and stuff and away time, um, antiques and stuff. So I love fossicking um, and really enjoyed that in the UK. So you love like a garage sale, having a look, see if you can get any sort of... Yeah. If if it's a, you know, you've got to look for that right sort of house, yeah, that older style house, you know, because you think, oh, there could be some hidden gems there. But... Al and I, we'd, we'd go off into uh, Edinburgh and we'd just walk and just meander through the town and antiques and stuff. You know, the Antique Roadshow or mm. um, um, American Pickers, all that sort of stuff. There's lots of that sort of going on. But I, I've got this great Coca-Cola Esky and it's um, like I fill it up with beers and, 
and uh, ice and stuff, and three days. It, it's just fantastic. It just oh, keeps good. that stuff so cold. It's all metal inside. Yeah. I'll fill that up, put it out the back, and uh, admire my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and if if it's uh, if it's a hint of of uh, coolness, I'll I'll put the fire pit on as well. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, listen, uh, I appreciate you starting the podcast with me. It wasn't an easy get straight away. You were a little bit hesitant and you thought, oh, I'll just come on as a guest on your show. But I was adamant, no, people would, would love to hear. And, and I've been proven right, especially, you know, how many weeks you sat at number one here. And it, also in, in bloody in England, it's been going gangbusters. And it's a, one of the number one podcasts that they're all listening to in terms of swimming content. So I've been proven correct and people do enjoy listening to to your stories what have you enjoyed most about it that you probably when i first pitched it to you didn't think now now you look back you're like actually i probably enjoyed it more than i thought i would well i enjoyed the fact that you were right because i thought there's no way <laughs> <laughs> this guy's off his rocker yeah which is true but it's true i was just right though still <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I we, like it was a couple of days, wasn't it? Like I said, ah, ha ha, yeah, good on yeah. you, funny yeah. one. <laughs> and then we had a conversation, and then I think you realised, like, oh shit, no, he's actually. I, I think he thinks this is the legit idea. <laughs> oh, but it's look. I, I think it's it's good. You know, there's certainly over the years, there's been nothing like this. So um, if if p- people enjoy it, that's fantastic. Um, uh, you know, for me, it's it's been good going down memory lane. I've learnt stuff from asking questions to some of the guys. You know, um, from actually from our chat with you know um, Brant Best, uh, we Brant and I had a request from two coaches in the UK to to have a chat, and mm. uh, we've done that since, uh, and we spent about an hour or so doing that. And it was, and it was basically Brant spoke on uh, male sprinting, and I spoke on female sprinting. And for both Brant and I, um, it was really good, not just for the guys we were talking to, because um, the elements that were different in in males and females and how we approached it were really quite uh, uh, obvious and. Um, we both got a lot out of it, as we said afterwards, and um, so that that you know, if, if it wasn't for what we're doing, that wouldn't have happened, and and uh, yeah, so it's, it's been good, you know. It's like anything, isn't it? You you just pick up stuff along the way, uh, in the most unlikely places, and if coaches have got something out of this, then fantastic. Mate, I, I I definitely know coaches have, and you can even tell just, especially the New South Wales coaches by, you know, they didn't just send through one question. Some have sent through like five or six. So they're definitely, you know, they're keen, you know, they listen and, and they're keen to, to learn more, which is, as we mentioned before, I think half the battle, you know, we don't all have the answers, but as long as you're actively out there seeking and, and looking and uh, I think that's what this podcast does quite well, even within your stories. That's what I love about your stories 
there's answers within the stories. You don't know you're giving answers. You're just telling a story. But there's answers to people's questions within your stories, which I think if you if you really listen in closely enough, you'll get a lot out of. And and I know I certainly have. Um, you know, I do a lot of the certain, you know, little things that that we've spoken about. I trial, and some things work, and some things don't work because I'm at a different period in my coaching, and and that's all about learning as well, which I've enjoyed. But. Uh, Mate, I, this is the best professional development for, for me at all, you know, and I, I don't have to pay for it. So that's perfect for me. And then we just get to share it uh, with all the listeners out there, which is is absolutely phenomenal. And I want to take this opportunity to thank all the guests that have come on the show this season um, and this year. And, you know, we've, we had Alan Thompson. We had Tani White. We've had Brant Best, Matt Trodden. Who else do we have? Am I missing anyone? Uh, I don't think I'm missing anyone. No, I think that I think that was it. I think that was it. Uh, apologies if I did miss anyone, but want to get on? No, absolutely. There's a few people that ne- yeah, definitely next year. Uh, once everything the dust settles and we're on top of everything, swimming wise, we'll definitely be back for all the listeners out there. We definitely will be back. But yeah, it's a matter of just as we always talk about here in the podcast, isn't it? Balancing and making sure we're you know i was talking to the you know the swimmers the other day for the otb crew podcast and we talked about let's just get back to doing what brought us to the dance so for me coaching for them swimming and as you said for you coaching as well so we'll definitely get back to podcasting in 2022 but uh mate until then uh, thank you very much for agreeing to do the podcast with me as i said uh, it's been uh, it's been a great opportunity for me but it's been very well received by the swimming community so uh, i'm glad we did it i'm glad you agreed to it and looking forward to uh kicking on again next year yeah no thank you robbie because um you know without you it wouldn't be possible and you've got me out of my comfort zone which uh <laughs> Elsworth thinks very is very good yeah no, no, I can, I can even tell, you know, this is what episode nine or 10 and I can, yeah, you're sharing a bit more and you, you're definitely delving into things a bit more. You didn't really want to talk about your, your lawn at first. Cause you thought no one wants to hear about that. Then you started thinking, well, maybe he's right. Now you're into it. Now you, you love sharing the lawn stuff. So no, it's been good, mate. I've enjoyed it. And to all the listeners, thank you very much. Um, as I said, thank you for making this show, you know, number one for swimming podcasts in many weeks here in Australia, also overseas. Thank you for embracing it as you guys have. And yeah, we'll definitely be back next year. Uh, more stories, more guests, more laughs, and uh, and yeah, definitely more tales to tell. Until then, thank you all very much. Have a great Christmas. Have a happy new year. And we'll see you all in 2022. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Stay safe.